Knowing that he was lying for her benefit, Annabel shook her head. Absolutely not. You go in. I can see a panorama any time I want. You're the one who's always away at school. And the show is only a quarter hour long. I will visit one of the nearby shops while you're inside. Shopping with no money? Jeremy asked, his blue eyes frankly sceptical. Oh, that sounds like loads of fun. The point of shopping is to look at things, not to buy. Jeremy snorted. That's something that poor people say to console themselves while they're walking along Bond Street. Besides, I'm not going to let you go anywhere alone. You'll have every male in the vicinity pouncing on you. Don't be silly, Annabel muttered. Her brother grinned suddenly. His gaze swept over her fine-boned face, her blue eyes, and the swathe of pinned-up curls that gleamed brown and gold beneath the tidy brim of her hat. Don't bother with false modesty. You're well aware of your effect on men, and to my knowledge you don't hesitate to make use of it. Annabel reacted to his teasing with a pretend frown. To your knowledge? <laughs> what do you know of my interactions with men when you're away at school most of the time? Jeremy's expression sobered. That's going to change, he said. I'm not going back to school this time. I can help you and Mama damn sight more by getting a job. Her eyes widened. Jeremy, you'll do no such thing. It would break Mama's heart. And if Papa were alive... Annabel, he interrupted in a low voice. We have no money. We can't even scrape up five extra shillings for a panorama ticket. And a fine job you would get, Annabel said sardonically, with no education and no advantageous connections. Unless you're hoping to become a street sweeper or an errand boy... You had better stay in school until you're fit for decent employment. Meanwhile, I'm going to find some rich gentleman to marry. Then everything will be all right. A fine husband you'll catch with no dowry, Jeremy retorted. They frowned at each other until the doors were opened and the crowd surged past them to enter the rotunda. Sliding a protective arm around Annabel, Jeremy eased her away from the crush. Forget the panorama, he said flatly. We'll do something else instead. Something fun that doesn't cost anything. Such as? A thoughtful moment passed. When it became apparent that neither of them could come up with a single suggestion, they both burst into laughter. Master Jeremy, came a deep voice from behind them. Still smiling, Jeremy turned to face the stranger. Mr. Hunt, he said, heartily extending his hand. I'm surprised that you remember me. So am I. You've grown a head taller since I saw you last. The man shook hands with him. On leave from school, are you? Yes, sir. Seeing Annabel's confusion, Jeremy murmured in her ear, while the tall stranger motioned his friends to enter the rotunda without him. Mr. Hunt, the butcher's son, Jeremy whispered. I've met him a time or two at the shop, when Mamma sent me to fetch an order. Be nice to him. He's a capital fellow. Bemused, Annabel couldn't help thinking that Mr. Hunt was unusually well-dressed for a butcher's son. He wore a smart black coat and the new style of more loosely tailored trousers that somehow didn't disguise the lean, powerful lines of the body beneath. Like most of the other men entering the theatre, he had already removed his hat, uncovering a head of dark, slightly wavy hair. He was a tall, big-boned man who looked to be about thirty, with strong features a long blade of a nose, 
a wide mouth, and eyes so black that one couldn't distinguish the irises from the pupils. His was an utterly masculine face, with a sardonic humour lurking about the eyes and mouth that owed nothing to frivolity. It was clear to even an undiscerning viewer that this man was rarely idle, his body and his nature patterned by hard work and keen ambition. "'My sister, Miss Annabel Payton,' Jeremy said. "'This is Mr. Simon Hunt.' "'A pleasure,' Hunt murmured with a bow. Even though his manner was perfectly polite, there was a glint in his eyes that imparted a strange flutter just beneath Annabel's ribs. Without knowing why, she shrank back into the shelter of her young brother's arm, even as she nodded to him. To her discomfort, she couldn't seem to tear her gaze from his. It seemed as if some subtle current of recognition had passed between them, not as if they had met before— but as if they had come close several times.